Hello everyone, this is the Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. These days I have really been thinking about quality. I got questions from my early users about the quality of things in Get the Audience. And I thought, why not do a quick self-assessment of whether my software has enough quality or not. I provide a SaaS solution for audience development. That is, a user can find their audience, they can understand them, they can select members of their audience uh, that they want to work with, and they can also engage with their audience. In the world, there's a standard for everything. So there is also a standard for quality. It's called an ISO standard 25010. And it has several categories. Quality can be divided into, for example, functions. Are they complete? Are the functions in Get the Audience, are they correct? Are they appropriate for the user? Next category would be performance. Uh, does it use time efficiently, memory, battery, other resources? What about compatibility? Can the software coexist? Is it interoperable with some other software on the same machine? Is it usable? Usability, we can divide that into recognizability, learnability, operability, protection against user errors, aesthetics. So is it kind of beautiful? easy to use, aesthetic. Is it accessible? What about blind people? Can they also use the software? Reliability is an, also an important category. Is it mature enough? Is it available always? Is it fault tolerant? Is it recoverable from errors or from a total crash or from a cloud uh, server restart or what? Security. Is the data that is inside, is it confidential? Is there enough integrity for the data? Is it proof against manipulation? How about authenticity and accountability? Is it clear which user has done what? Maintainability is a big uh, issue. Is the software written modular enough? Is it reusable? Can it be analyzed in case of errors? Is it modifiable without causing side effects? Uh, is it testable enough? Can I test it successfully? Portability is the last category. This concerns adaptability. Can it, can it be adapted to new situations? Installability, is it, is it easily installable on the client side? And is it replaceable? Can, can it replace other software in the same category? So lots of interesting questions in the ISO standard. And I said, why not do a quick check for Get the Audience itself for my own software? So one question could be, is it functionally complete? Well, <laughs> I have to ask my users for this. Some users, they say, oh, that's already enough for me. It's way too much, way too many features in there. I'm not, I'm not ready for this even. I have, to, I have to prepare myself to use it. Others say, oh, wow, yeah, I can use it successfully. I'd like to have this and that and that feature. So our users are of different opinion when it comes to functional completeness. What's my own opinion on that? I wanted to use get the audience for this fuse process. F-U-S-E means find, understand, 
select and engage. So I had the feeling that the U, the S and the E were pretty much covered. So you could understand your audience, you could select members of them and you could engage with them by clicking on it and going into Twitter. So what I was missing was the F, something for finding the audience. I wrote this browser extension that you um, maybe heard about last week. You can install it in Firefox. This week's version is also in the Chrome store. I submitted it for review at, at least. The Chrome store will, will take some time. <laughs> it can take weeks until they finish the review so that it appears outside. Anyway, this browser extension allows you, if you switch it on, it traces your Twitter behavior and, and records which tweets and which accounts you visit on Twitter. It writes this into a Twitter history inside Get the Audience. So basically you are finding your audience for yourself and Get the Audience records that. And in that history, you can click on, on one entry and say, create an audience from this. Right? And then you can go into the usual U, S and E, the understand, the select and the engage steps. So that was one function that, that I was really missing, the F infuse. What users have been missing these days are the, the delete functions. You can, you can create an audience, but you can't delete it. You can add someone to an audience, but you can't remove him. So the delete functions would, would be incomplete. This is something I have to work on. Performance is get the audience using time, memory, battery, etc. Et efficiently. Battery was, was an, uh, a big problem with, or is still a big problem with smartphone applications. For example, in the back, in the years, some years back when I was still using the Facebook app, it was draining the battery on my iPhone. So I wasn't too happy about this. Fortunately, Get the Audience is a web app that's not uh, designed for uh, smartphones, so I, I don't have to care as much about battery usage. But there are interesting performance problems. For example, the early versions of, of Get the Audience, the problem is solved in the meantime, but the early version had a big problem with image loading. When you open a big audience with lots of members, uh, there are all, all of these tiny little profile pictures of the users inside the audience. And let's say you open an audience with a thousand members and get the audience tries dutifully to display all of them. This causes the, the client computer, the user's computer, to load a thousand of these little images. Well, this was not so much a problem on my machine because I have very fast internet connection, but this is not typical. Users in Asia told me that when they open get the audience and open a slightly bigger audience, they completely block. The browser of the user is completely blocked. So what did I do? I inserted a function that loads the first, let's say, 10 to 20 images immediately, and then only loads 20 images per second, or 10 images per second, depending on the speed. And the user won't recognize that because it happens outside the, the visible screen area in the, in the images further down in the, in the, in the audience. So this solved the problem quite nicely, also for Asian people with different internet speeds. This was nice, this, this worked quite well. Memory is quite efficient, that's not a problem. And other resources, yeah, <laughs> screen size. But let's get to that uh, when it comes to usability. Compatibility, 
Well, this is not so nice. I had some interesting problems concerning the Safari browser because I develop, get the audience in Firefox and I test it in Chrome. And, but I tested not so much in Safari, although I wor I'm working on an iMac and Safari is the native browser of the iMac. The effect was that I was using some interesting styling for, for example, for the timeline, uh, for the, no, not for the timeline, for the hours of day, the diagram that displays how many, how active an audience is at a certain hour of the day. This diagram showed really nicely on, on Firefox and in Chrome, but it was <laughs> totally distorted in Safari. So it turned out that Firefox and Chrome ha uh, were making some uh, assumptions that I was making too, but Safari didn't make those assumptions about the height of elements, so I had to explicitly give each element a proper height and bingo, it worked also in, in Safari. Compatibility is still a big issue for the browser extension that I mentioned before. If you install the Get the Audience Companion, as it's called, in Firefox it works it works fine. In Chrome it works fine. But in Safari it cannot work because Safari has a totally different interface for browser extensions. Amazing. In Edge it's not, not such a big problem since Edge is uh, Chromium based, the same engine as in Chrome. And Opera should also not be a problem, although I didn't test it. If you don't test something, it might not work. So compatibility, yeah, the biggest issue is with this browser extension, but I'm working on that. Usability, that's an interesting chapter. I suffer from the curse of a big screen. I have a big iMac in front of me with 27 inch monitor and lots of pixels on it. This leads to the effect that I make in my mind, I make certain assumptions about how a UI can look like, a user interface can look like. These assumptions might not be true when people use a standard MacBook, MacBook Pro or something, or a, a totally different computer, maybe even smaller laptops like 11-inch machines. And for example, I have got this Audience Explorer user interface that has a very or a quite big header section. So the, the headline and the search bar and the first one or two elements are quite big for a smaller screen. On my big screen, it's not really a problem, but on smaller screens, it becomes a blocking non-scrollable region on the, on the screen so that the list of tweets becomes very short. You only see three or four tweets in the scroll area. So that's the curse of a big screen with the developer has a big screen. What I need to do is make things more scrollable, make it more adaptable, test it on smaller screens. For example, I have a MacBook Air with uh, with 13 inch screen here next to me. So I will take that machine and test how it behaves on a, on a smaller screen. My goal is not to run on uh, even smaller screens like, like smartphones, but I would like uh, to be able to run on an iPad or iPad Pro. This should work. So that's my goal. Apart from that, usability, yeah, it's recognizable, it's learnable, it's operable, protected against user errors. Aesthetics, yeah, we can, we can discuss about this. One user, for example, he said the contrast on the screen is much too high. He, he had difficulties to, to concentrate, to focus on what's visible on the screen. So maybe screen contrast might be a problem. I need to check that. 
Accessibility would be interesting. I'm thriving to make it accessible for blind people too. So I always use screen reader text if possible, but I didn't test at all with screen readers. I, I don't have a screen reader and didn't test it. So it's, there might be big gaps in this field, in the field of uh, accessibility. Reliability, I think it's solved. It is mature enough, available enough, fault tolerant, recoverable. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about all this. Security, I think it's also solved. It's confidential. The data is confidential. One user cannot see the data of another user. Integrity of data, yes. Non-repudiation, no, it's not a factor for me. Non-repudiation is a big subject for betting sites or for banking where a user is not allowed to repudiate something that he did. But this is not a problem here in this app. It's not so critical. Authenticity, yes, it's important. It's solved and accountability. Well, I think I don't need to trace something back to the person who did it. This would be important in a support case. For example, when someone complains about an error in the, in the app, I really need to go through the logs and uh, see what, what they did in the application so that I can trace back to the uh, part where the error really happened. So accountability is a is for me it, it's a it's a subcategory of supportability. Okay, so security is fine. Maintainability, can I maintain get the audience over time? Does it still run within a few months from now? Will it be extensible? Can I introduce new features without breaking anything? I think yes. I think this problem is solved pretty well because I made the software quite modular. It is decomposed into small modules where each module has only one exact task, one exact responsibility. So if something goes wrong, I know exactly the part in the system where I have to make changes. I don't care about reusable modules. No, this is not a subject for me. Analyzability. Yes, it is analyzable. I can find bugs very easily. It is modifiable. I make changes in a in a defined place and it doesn't break other components. Sometimes I have to work on this, for example, when I introduce a new feature and I realize that the new feature would break the existing design, then I have to do small redesigns inside the code so that the new feature gets some space where it can be inserted. We software engineers, we talk about refactoring. We call this refactoring to make space for new modifications. And yeah, the software is also testable enough. That's right. Portability, this is interesting. There are some challenges still because today Get the Audience is offered in the English language only. So porting it into a non-English speaking country would be an interesting challenge. In the, in the hours of day tab, where I display how active the users in the audience are at a certain time of day, I'm using the AM PM uh, time format only. So it's from 0 to 12 a.m. and 0 to 12 p.m. Previously, I was using the 24-hour military format, but this wasn't too popular in the U.S., so I replaced it by a.m. p.m. So this would also be a portability issue, small one, but still. When I port to Europe, for example, European users are, are not used to a.m. p.m., but they are used to the 24-hour uh, clock. The software is independent of the cloud provider. So it's a simple web application, mostly. 
Yeah, no, it's not simple, but it's a web application and it's running on, on the Heroku cloud. I didn't use any special Heroku functions so that I could take it away from Heroku and deploy it on DigitalOcean, for example, or I could deploy it on AWS or on Azure. It, it's not the problem because it's, it doesn't use any special functions of Heroku. Would still be a challenge though, because I would have to change my development and, de and deployment processes, for example, when I move to a different cloud. Yes, that's basically it. Functionality, performance, compatibility, usability, reliability, security, maintainability, and portability. All these illities, that's the current state of affairs. How about your software? When you're writing software for your audience to solve their problems, does it have enough quality? If you want to check, if you want to do a quick self-assessment, I recommend to have a look at ISO IEC uh, 25010. That's the current standard for that. Be honest to yourself. Answer all those questions for yourself, but make a priority list. It need not be perfect all at once at the same time. As you see from my assessment, there is still some work to do, but the most important thing is your users are happy. You can happily work on the app so it doesn't block you from extending or modifying it and it's operable enough, right? So you should be able to sustainably operate it without having too much hassle and headaches at <laughs> 2 a.m. in the morning. So I think these are the most important points when it comes to quality. This was this week's quick quality check. See you next week with another report from the Development Lab. Thanks for listening to the Audience Explorer podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at GetTheAudience and you can check out the blog at GetTheAudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to Matthias at GetTheAudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.